Welcome to the Next Generation Podcast, where we help business owners connect to their profits and earn their freedom. Join us as we discuss ways you can grow your small business, build your wealth, and help others along the way. Here's your host, Dan Cotton. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Next Generation People and Profits Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Cotton, and I am going to be sitting down tonight to talk to you about the concept of culture. First off, I want to apologize for missing last week's episode. I was at the Cheerleading World, which had me busy in Florida. I was running around coaching teams, watching teams, supporting teams. Uh, Shelly was there. So many different people, so many good friends, and I did not have time while cooking and transporting and doing all the different things I was doing for our athletes to record an episode. And I was really disappointed by that because we had actually, I actually brought all my equipment. I brought four microphones, soundboard, everything, and we were going to do a roundtable with me, Shelly, Danielle, and Justin, and unfortunately mostly my fault due to my schedule, I wasn't able to make that happen. And I I really wish I had been able to because I think it would have been a really, really cool episode uh, to sit down and do with everyone. Uh, but we'll do it in the future, I promise. We'll make it happen. Uh, it just was not the right timing with me having to drive athletes around and coach athletes. And I, I'm the only coach of that team, so it just wasn't really the best dynamic for for making it happen. Even though we were all in Florida at the same time, the only person I got to see was Shelly because I was so busy. So I apologize for missing the episode last week, um, but I think we're going to make up for it tonight. Um, This episode is going to be all about culture. And culture is such a critical critical thing, not only in your business, not only on your teams, but like it is just, it's everything, you guys. Um, It makes such a huge difference in everything that you do. Um, And so as you listen to this episode, I'm going to be talking, um, I'm going to be talking about a very personal experience, one I'm going through right now, like literally in this moment going through it. Um, And it's going to apply to some team stuff, but it's really going to be applicable to your business as well. It's not just a team uh, in terms of sports. And if you as a coach, if you as an owner, look at your employees and look at your business and look at what you do in your gym as you being a good coach for your team, I think that's going to take you a really long ways. It's really going to help you out and help you kind of wrap your head about around some of these things that we're talking about and help give you some good strategies uh, to set your team up for the best success that you can. And and when I talk about your team, I mean your actual teams, um, if you are a cheer program, or your team being your employees, your your people who work for you, your team that you're building within your business. So why am I talking about this? Well, I'm, I'm talking about this because I coach two teams at my gym. And one of my teams is a world's team, the team I just went to the cheerleading worlds with. And one of my teams is a senior medium four team. And we are headed to the D2 summit tomorrow or not tomorrow, sorry, next week, uh, which means we leave on Wednesday. And uh, my world's team 
has been arguably one of the closer teams this season that I've had. They've they've been very tight knit, uh, borderline inseparable. Um, there was a lot of kids that didn't want to return for another season because they were so sad to be losing that family dynamic and that that atmosphere and their friends were graduating and leaving. And so they just were like, I'm just going to hang it up. I'm not going to give it anymore. And then on the flip side, I have my senior four who is probably one of the most talented, raw talented teams I've ever coached. I mean, they have it all and they can stunt and they can tumble. They can do everything but they've really struggled to find their identity this year. They've struggled with their team culture. And it was something that me and my co-coach spent a lot of time building the first couple years. And we kind of let fall by the wayside in the sense of we just expected it to build itself. We thought that with all the returners that we had who were on our team that placed second at uh, D2 Summit last year, that they were just going to help that that culture would automatically build because we had so many returners. We had like maybe four or five kids new to the team that were new to the gym and then another six that were new to the team that trained in our program the year prior. And so we just kind of expected it to automatically happen and it didn't. And the team faced some challenges this year. Uh, They had some tough losses. They had some disappointments and some situations where uh, we thought we would have easy wins that we didn't. And instead of those being moments that built them and molded them and made them into a better versions of themselves, most of those moments actually kind of tore them down and tore them apart. And uh, the team started to become more divided and with it being an all-girl team, things got very catty and very negative, and <clears throat> it's just been building and building and building, and we've spent some time doing uh, some some very focused team building to try and, and build that atmosphere and set it up for what we wanted it to be. Uh, we've, we've done extra reps. We've redone the routine numerous times. I mean, there's so many different things we've done to set this team up for success, and it always seems to fall back to negativity and tearing each other down and talking badly about one another. And that's not the gym that we have. That's not the gym that we've built. That's not anything about what I like to do and how I like to do business. And this team kept kind of falling back to that and a lot of blame, blame on each other, blame on everyone else, um, blaming everyone but themselves, which I have a really hard time with. I'm one of the coaches that will And I actually told him this tonight, you know, how many times have you heard me as your coach say, that was my fault. I did that wrong. I messed that up and and I'm going to own it. And, you know, they were all like, we've heard you say that numerous times. And I go, but how many of you have ever said that with genuine meaning of that was my bad? That was my fault. And most of them were like, oh, I can't really raise my hand because they spend so much time pointing fingers. So anyways, I say all this to say, in those moments, if you're sitting there as a business owner and you're looking at your employees or you're looking at your your business, you're looking at your team, whatever it is, and you see this problem, you have two choices. You have one, which is let it go on, let it continue, let that toxic employee continue being toxic, let that team that's toxic continue being toxic, let those parents continue being toxic, or you make a change. That's it. Those are your two options. You can either fix it or you can let it go on. There's no in between. It's not going to work itself out. 
toxic culture, negative culture is not going to figure itself out. Your employees, your students, your athletes, they're not going to change it themselves. You have to make those changes. And throughout this process, I've been I've been struggling. I've been wondering what I should do and I've been wondering uh, the right approach and I've tried different techniques. And ironically, I bought a book uh, due to a law enforcement conference I went to where they talked about this book. Uh, and so I went, I came home and bought it and I hadn't started reading it yet. I'd actually started reading another book that I'm going to do another episode on and I, I could probably do a dozen episodes on. It is one of the most amazing books I've ever read when it comes to coaching. It's called The Coach's Guide to Learning and it is a, it's dense. It's like going back to college. Um, it is a very impressive book. But I bought this book as well and I'd kind of been putting it off because I knew it was it was a different style. It wasn't about uh, making me a better coach per se. It was about um, about culture, about a team. And the book is called Legacy. <clears throat> and the book Legacy is about the team um, from New Zealand that is the most winning team in all of world history that we know of, uh, the most winning rugby team in world history. And they're they're called the All Blacks from New Zealand. And Legacy is about that team and their legacy and their culture and how they have built what they've built. And when I was at Worlds, there was some issues with my team and there was some drama and there was some challenges, even though I was sending messages and saying, let's be positive tonight. Let's do these things tonight. These are the goals. These are our focus. It just wasn't really uh, executing the way I had hoped it would. And so I had gotten a negative text from one of our coaches um, on a Tuesday or on, on a Sunday that practice wasn't great. And I decided on Monday that I was going to start reading this book. And I started and oh my gosh, it was like a bolt of lightning hit me. And within the, the 48 hours that transpired between my practice tonight from me starting to fly home on um, Tuesday, um, I, I read the entire book. I think I have about 20 pages left. And I highlighted furiously and I was taking notes and I was strategizing and I was thinking through and I was, I was thinking of all the things I could apply to my team. And what could I do to turn this around? What could I do to build the culture that I wanted to be? Because the culture of the team had, had failed. And one of the interesting things that they mentioned in the book is uh, culture disappears when you're at your best. When teams reach the peak is when they are the most likely to falter, when they're the most likely to struggle with that culture that they've built. Now, there's another important time, and, and they didn't mention this necessarily in the book, but the other point in time is when you're just starting. When you're just beginning, the culture has two options. It's either going to be a great culture, you're going to build it correctly, or it's going to get real bad real fast. And that's where you set some really clear guidelines, some really clear expectations. So I'm going to talk about a couple things that I gleaned from this book. And I'm not going to go into great detail because I would encourage you go out and buy the book Legacy. It is phenomenal. Uh, it's a really well-written book. Uh, it has so many amazing little uh, anecdotes, so many different phenomenal quotes from amazing coaches from around the world and around different sports. There's just so much you can pull from it. I'm probably going to read it again. I've highlighted the crud out of it. I'm going to give it to one of my co-coaches. Um, 
but I will read it again before uh, before next season starts. I imagine such a great book. Anyways, go buy it if you want to get all the all the pieces of it. But number one, the thing that immediately stuck out to me, and I know is something that stuck out to many people who've read the book, is the concepts of sweeping the sheds. And there's a there's a moment in the book where. At the very beginning, it's in the first chapter, they're talking about this team, the All Blacks, and they are the most successful team in rugby, and they've just won a game. Uh, and it's the, the, quote, the quote from the book, generally, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, goes, uh, while the nation is still celebrating and school children are asleep in their bed dreaming of All Blacks glory, two team members of the All Blacks, one of them being... Uh, a two-time national champion or, or national best player, pick up long-handled brooms and start sweeping the sheds and the sheds of their locker rooms and sweeping away the bandages and the blood and the dirt because no one takes care of the All Blacks. The All Blacks take care of themselves. And like that moment was like just, right? How many of us would <clears throat> fall out of our bed if that was the attitude of our staff, right? No one takes care of our gym. We take care of our gym, right? They're the ones who are staying late to vacuum and to clean up and take the garbages out, right? Like that's the kind of culture we want. That's what we want to have as, as employers. That's what we want to be seeing and in, in inspiring our coaches and our, uh, our employees to do. We want them to take that level of ownership and that level of respect. But you can't just say, well, you work here now and now do this, right? If that was just the rule that the team cleaned up after themselves, that wouldn't be enough. They wouldn't do it. The reason they do that is because that is the culture that they have instilled around their team. And you have to instill culture within your business or within your own teams. And as I was reading this book, I really started to to think back to what is the culture that I've been building with my team that's struggling with culture right now? What is the culture? And the culture that we had been cultivating is we win. We're really, really good. We're really, really cocky and we win. And when you're, that is what your culture is built around and you're not winning, then you're going to have problems. And <clears throat> so that became a, a critical component for us as we were assessing our situation and and I think there are much further applications to business as well what culture are you building within your business and and if you're building a culture of personal accountability you're building a culture of of growth and continuous learning and those kind of aspects you know how is that going to potentially backfire and what are things that are going to start to tear that culture down another thing that's talked about in the book so they talk about culture um, in terms of sweeping the sheds, right? It's that self-accountability. Uh, and then they also talk about uh, building traditions. You know, what traditions exist in your program? What are things that people, are uh, that root people in your business and root people as employees in what they do? And if you don't have those things and you don't have things that root people uh, and root them in traditions and give them something to kind of fall back on as this is who we are, this is our core identity because it's been carried on through history, then you're not priming them to continue the culture. So that's another a big one. Now, my team has lots of traditions, tons of traditions, in fact, but we didn't have any for ourselves. 
we didn't have any that were created by this team. So it was kind of this perpetual carrying on of a tradition without really I, reflecting on why the tradition exists. For instance, they all wear pre-wrap on their ankle and they had no idea why they do that. They just know that that's what they do. They wear pre-wrap on their ankle. Um, and they didn't really discuss what that means. <clears throat> so um, as we looked at this, we decided we're going to create some traditions and we're actually going to create our own culture thing. And so we gave our team their own uh, letters, the initialism. And we leave for Summit in a week and we started it tonight. And man, they received it really, really well. Like it, I'm hoping my fingers are crossed. It's the first night, but I'm hoping it is the, the turnaround that we needed. It is the moment that we needed to really take these kids to success because they're incredibly talented, incredibly talented. I, I mean, the, the only thing standing in them in their way is themselves. Um, but again, bringing that back to business, right? You've got to build that culture. You've got to invest in that culture and you got to have those traditions. <clears throat> Uh, on top of that, you've got to have a environment of personal accountability, right? There has to be a reason that people are holding themselves accountable uh, and they've got to be held accountable by their teammates. And that, that has to be uh, something that they're open to, open to feedback and learning and growing and being held accountable. Um, so... Suffice it to say, my, I'm going to do another episode and I'm going to actually go through my favorite lessons learned from the book. But I just couldn't not talk about this, what we went through and what we're currently going through and, and where I think that can lead you potentially, um, which is to a really amazing spot. You know, we were, I think we're really, I, I feel like that book was at a moment where I needed to read it. Um, and it was, it was put into my life for a reason. And I was very, very impressed with how that shift happened. And I think the biggest thing, the number one thing that I could tell you that I'm taking away from this book is like, again, it goes back to some extreme ownership concepts as well, but like, there's no bad teams. There's only bad leaders. If the culture of my team that I coach is not good, then who's at fault? Is it the kid's fault or is it the coach's fault? And in my world, it's my fault. It is 100% my fault. I've done something wrong because I haven't built that culture. These are kids or these are my employees. And if I have not taken the right steps, if I've not done the right things to build the culture in a manner where they know what it is they are to do, they know what the expectations are, they know what the the level of excellence that we expect is, then that's on me. As a coach, as the leader, I have to take that ownership. And so no matter where you're at, no matter how toxic things may feel in your program, in your business, on one of your teams, you can make a change. Now, yes, could those changes mean you have to take someone off that team? Certainly could. But more often than not, that person that is being labeled a cancer or toxic or those things is a symptom of a bigger problem. And unfortunately, sometimes that bigger problem is you. And that bigger problem may be that you didn't hold them accountable early enough on. And the right answer may be to get rid of that cancer. 
but you still need to do that self-reflection and determine, did they get here because I allowed it? And what could I have done to intervene in this process? What could I have done to prevent the problem? Because oftentimes there are things that we can do that will circumvent the potential issue. So that's my, that's my thoughts on culture. Uh, there are so many more things you can do. Like I said, I actually want, I, I still need to finish the book and I'm, I've read it in less than about 48 hours and I still have a little bit more to go. I need to organize my thoughts. So within the next couple podcasts, I'm going to do a whole episode debriefing my best thoughts and my lessons learned from legacy, uh, the story of the all blacks from New Zealand. Uh, but I'm not going to talk about that. I'm not going to go into great detail tonight. I just wanted to talk about some of the things I was feeling and experiencing and learning um, and holding myself accountable in building culture within my gym. And these are things that I'm going to apply to my coaches too. Like I'm going to imply this to my my employees. This is not just going to be my teams. This is also going to relate to my staff. And to be completely honest, this is going to be required reading in my gym. My, anyone who's coaching a team is going to need to read this book because it is, it's phenomenal. I mean, it, it has so much value. And as a coach, we do way more than coach skills. If at any point in time, you as a coach think all you do is teach people how to do something in terms of a physical skill, you're selling yourself short. And that's not true. We do so much more than simply teach physical skills. So with that, thank you everyone for joining me for another episode of the Next Generation People and Profits podcast. I apologize. My audios felt a little odd. I, I, Like I said, I took this all to Florida, so I broke everything down. And I actually think just towards the end of the episode, I found the right angle of my microphone where my voice sounded more normal. Uh, that or I just finally got my throat to clear. I don't know which, but uh, it sounds a lot better now. So thank you for tuning in. I apologize for any technical difficulties. I look forward to talking to you guys again next week. If you know anyone who could get some value out of this, make sure you share this episode with them. Uh, and we will see you again next week with another episode of the Next Generation People and Profits podcast. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Next Generation Connecting People and Profits podcast. If you love this content, be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram and head over to our website to sign up for our emails with tips and tricks on how to grow your business.